It's the JT the Brick Show. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Gets the snap, Raiders bring a blitz, he takes him off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby! Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones of midfield! And a step forward! Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone! It scores! Oh my goodness! And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT, as we continue here on Monday, be safe on the roads. I'm always careful to remind people... You know, we have the DeCastaverde Law Group here, Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, proud partners. They're with us again for this football season and all of our great partners that continue to renew with us and we build these relationships means everything to me. And Alex DeCastaverde is one of those gentlemen who we happen to have here and the roads are crazy and they've been crazy and the rain that's supposed to come but didn't come. You know, I'm always careful when I talk about weather-related issues because all it takes is one person to be affected, one fatality, so I don't make light of it. But again, I was just in L.A. for four days waiting for this storm to come. We got out before it came in Los Angeles, and there's been flooding in some areas there. Look at Dodger Stadium. It's underwater, the parking lot. But overall, this was pretty hyped, and we haven't got as much as most people thought, but it could just be one car, one accident. I rode around town earlier today, and there were accidents because people don't know how to drive in this weather. If you get into an accident, call the DeCastaverde Law Group. Before you do everything, get safe, get to the side of the road. Don't talk to the opposition attorney. Don't do anything until you call the DeCastaverde Law Group. They will get you through this and get you what you need, the support, the respect, and the treatment that you should have for one of the great law groups in the history of Southern Nevada and all of Nevada because of their dad and what his legacy was uh, like. If you get in an accident, again, the number's easy, 702-222-9999. All right, so back from Los Angeles, and, you know, I like to share stories, call it name-dropping, whatever. I don't do enough of this, but I wanted to share part of the trip and what it was like traveling with the Raiders, doing the play-by-play, kind of some of the cool stuff I saw behind the scenes. And the one thing I wanted to share was on the Thursday we were out there, I went out there on Wednesday to get to the Thursday practice. They had a joint practice with the Rams in the middle of nowhere. I mean, way deep in the valley. I talked about that with Harry as he stepped in for me, and it was far. And that's not the end of the world, but far away in L.A. is different than far away in Vegas. So we were about on a 90, 95-minute car ride from Manhattan Beach all the way out to the valley where the Rams are at a college where they have their practice facility, which was beautiful to be out there. The weather was hot. And we drove out there, and for 90-plus minutes in the car, I was sitting in the front seat, and behind me was Matt Millen and Eric Allen. And also in the car was Levi Edwards, and Levi's a great, great insider that we have here, a young guy who works on the digital team. And I did what I think I'd do best. I was just asking those guys in the back seat questions, and they wanted to talk about this. And Matt Millen won four Super Bowls. Eric Allen's got 54 interceptions, and Eric should be in the Hall of Fame with 54 interceptions. And I didn't realize that their careers tied over on each other. Matt Millen was on the 80s Raiders team. His rookie year, he won the Super Bowl. Coming out 79 out of Penn State, going to the Raiders, drafted by Al Davis. He was a defensive lineman at Penn State. They make him a linebacker. I'll get to that story in a minute. And then Matt hits the ground running and wins the Super Bowl his rookie year. 
And he was a hell of a player, too. He played. You want to talk about Raiders now trying to get Divine Diablo going and Luke Masterson going and to find out what we're going to see from Robert Spillane. I'm in the car 90 minutes each way with Matt Millen, and he is telling stories about Ted Hendricks, stories about Tom Flores, John Madden, Mr. Davis, everybody there, but all of his teammates. Matt was a really tough guy. No one messed with Matt. We all know the legacy of him punching the GM in the face of the New England Patriots in L.A. Everybody knows that story. But we also know Matt Millen was part of an 0-16 team as the GM of the Detroit Lions and was there for a long time. I think he was with the Lions almost eight years until he was finally let go. And a lot of people think of Matt Millen as the guy who was 0-16, and you shouldn't. You should just think of him as a four-time Super Bowl champion. But the stories he talked about with Reggie White and Eric Allen played with Reggie White. And I, one of the questions I asked was, hey, guys, what was it like to compete against Bill Parcells? And they both paused, and Eric Allen jumped in and talked about those Lawrence Taylor games, Randall Cunningham playing at the Meadowlands or in Philadelphia, and Parcells, what he would say to them on the sidelines. Belichick was a defensive coordinator. And those stories were amazing. And then, you know, Matt Millen would jump in and, and talk about him being a great television broadcaster. Matt was supposed to be, you know, the heir apparent to John Madden, and he was. He was on the number two team right when he came in. A lot of people noticed Matt Millen as a broadcaster very quickly because of the Madden legacy, and he was talking about Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. And Matt told me, he goes, he was the best player I ever saw, ever, Lawrence Taylor. That said a lot for me because Matt was a great player, and he said, yeah, Lawrence Taylor was just different. And he told the story that Matt, I think, wouldn't have a problem if I shared, that he was in the Raiders' meeting room or lunchroom, whatever it was, and Ted Hendricks was there. And Matt Millen was watching video of Lawrence Taylor play coming out of North Carolina his rookie year, and there was about 15 plays, and Ted Hendricks sat down and watched. And they watched in silence as Lawrence Taylor, there was a 15-play cut-up of him just dominating as a rookie. And Ted Hendricks looked at Matt Millen and said, if this guy can do this, he's going to wreak havoc in this league. And Matt looked back at him and was like, yeah, he's doing it now. And that was the first time that Ted Hendricks ever saw and heard of Lawrence Taylor. And Ted's a four-time Super Bowl champion and one of the greatest edge rushers, linebackers to ever play. I'd put Ted in the category with Lawrence Taylor, but Lawrence Taylor at the top of that list. And then Eric Allen's just smiling, telling these stories. So we did 90 minutes of just football and coaching and coaching trees. We talked about the coaching tree of Mike Holmgren in Green Bay, who had John Gruden, Steve Mariucci, Andy Reid, Ray Rhodes. And Matt jumped in and said, well, that kind of comes through Bill Walsh and Bill Walsh and his tree and who came through the Bill Walsh tree and then who came through the Parcells tree. Fascinating stuff if you're a football geek. And you want to hear stories like that. And I just sat back and listened. And when they were done on a topic, I brought up another one. And we had a really good time talking about it. But the Bill Walsh-Al Davis connection, interesting, because when Al Davis let Matt Millen go, Matt Millen looked at Mr. Davis and was like, really, whoever replaces me is not going to be here for long. I could still go. And Matt Millen gets a call from Bill Walsh. And Matt Millen was down in Los Angeles meeting with the Rams and he was kind enough to say to Bill Walsh, well, I promised the Rams I would sit down with them. And he said, but to you, Bill, I'll come up after I'm done. And the Rams are like, if you leave here and go up there, we're not going to get you. 
And Matt, who's a man's man, said, well, I promised Bill Walsh I'd go. And Matt Millen ended up going up to San Francisco. And once he got up there, he saw the fit and how good the 49ers were. Ronnie Lott and that team with Joe Montana and John Taylor and Jerry Rice. And then Matt, who played for the Niners, I think it was for two years, Super Bowl, NFC Championship game where they lost to the Giants on the Roger Craig fumble. And I asked Matt, He's in the back seat. I go, hey, Matt, what was the worst season you ever had wins, losses? And he said eight. Eight's, <laughs> eight. Eight wins was his worst season. Think of that as a player. So he played in a lot of winning games. Matt Millen's got one of the great winning percentages of all time. So that was just part of the story I wanted to share on how great it is to be able to travel and work with these guys and to work with Eric Allen, who's so humble. He's so humble. It's never about him. It's all about Reggie White. And what Reggie White meant to him and Jerome Brown and Seth Joyner and the Eagles teams that he played on. And then he comes to the Raiders. And again, we shared these stories that Eric's last game that he ever played in was the Tuck Rule game. And Eric shared the story with Matt, who did not know the story. Matt Millen, one of the great communicators and NFL broadcasters of all time, didn't know the story that Eric Allen heard the play. As Tom Brady was on the sidelines talking to Charlie Weiss about the play, which turned out to be the Tuck Rule. So Eric overheard the play, came to the sideline, called the coverage. And when Tom Brady went to throw the ball, remember in the tuck rule, he threw the ball, but he pulled it back. And then Woodson caused a fumble. The reason why he pulled the ball back was he was throwing it right in the window where Eric Allen knew what the window was because he heard the play. He was eavesdropping and Brady saw it and pulled the ball back. How about that for history? So if that ball flies... If Brady, who's leaning and about to throw that ball, lets it go, Eric Allen made it clear to me it was a guaranteed interception thrown right to him. How about that for a story in the history of the tuck rule? And Matt Millen's in the back seat going, what? How did I not know that? And these guys were sharing that storyline. That turned out to be the last game that Eric Allen ever played in. And he had something left. So Eric shared that story that he was done. He just didn't feel like he wanted to play anymore. Like, how was... How's that possible? You still had a little bit left. He goes, yeah, but he was getting a call from ESPN. And ESPN was all over Eric Allen and wanted to hire him for one of those NFL shows. And, you know, Al Davis sent a check to Eric Allen's wife. It would have been a signing bonus if Eric turned down ESPN and decided to come back for one more year. And remember, the Raiders ended up going to the Super Bowl. So Eric Allen said, no, he just didn't feel like he should play. He's such a prideful guy. He went out. At the top of his game, he played well his last year. But Mr. Davis sent the check, and not to Eric Allen, to his wife. And she opened up the check, and I don't forget what the number was. It was a big number for him to sign. And she said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, I'm sure. I don't want to play. I'm going to go to ESPN, and they had to send the check back. So for me, just to have an opportunity to hear some of these stories that I incorporate and I want to share with you, because you get to know more about this broadcast team of Rich Cannon and Matt Millen, they do the preseason television. That's why I sat in Jason's seat. Jason Horowitz went to TV. He does a masterful job. And then I got a chance to work with Lincoln Kennedy and Eric Allen and be around those guys over the weekend, go to dinners, go to lunches on the beach, and just hear some football stories. And when it comes to telling stories, I don't know if there's anyone better in Raider history. The two all-time legends, the best storytellers in NFL history are Raiders. Who's the other guy? You know who it is. Phil Villapiano the king of NFL films. So for Matt Millen and for Phil Villapiano 
to be alive, vibrant, healthy, showing up at Alumni Weekend. Matt being a part of the broadcast team. Phil going to be out here. I think he's doing some work with Caesars, so he's going to be at a lot of games this year. And to be able to pick their minds, have them on the radio and tell stories, it's a blessing for me. I don't take this lightly. I'm very lucky to be in the situation that I am to not only have this radio show, but to have an opportunity with this broadcast team and share some of the stories. We've been talking about the game. If you joined us late in the first hour and the play of Aiden O'Connell, uh, the play of the defense, as I tweeted, the Raiders look different. They look different. I'm not going crazy with preseason wins. I'm not. But they look better. And uh, the, uh, the opposition coaching staffs and the players are noticing it too. So it could take time. I'm not going to predict wins and losses. I'll give you my general idea before the Raiders open up on the road at Denver where I see the Raiders this year. And it's over six and a half games. It's over seven games. It's in that eight to ten window if they play great. It could be nine, ten wins. If they run into a buzzsaw of the schedule, could it be eight or less? I don't know. But I know the team is better and the plan is working for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. But it's got to work on game day. That means someone's got to catch a pass when it's thrown to them on defense. Like Isaiah Palomal, you got to catch the ball when it's thrown to you. Trey Tucker's got to make plays as a rookie. We got to see what's going to happen. Josh Jacobs, how much will Josh Jacobs have in the tank early in the season if the Raiders need to lean on him? I don't have the answers to any of that. But the Cowboy game will be interested because we saw the starters play. A lot of the starters play in this game against the Rams. And if we don't see him play again, I'm good with that. Because I think that Josh McDaniels and his staff wanted to change it up a bit. Didn't want to follow the protocol that they did last year with not playing anybody in the preseason. Now they can check that box. Guys got looks. Guys warmed up. They broke a sweat. They played. They don't have to play in Dallas. If they do, fantastic. Give them another series or two. If they don't, shut it down. You have that little bye week before the start of the season. And then hopefully the Raiders will hit the ground running against the Denver Broncos. I got to call one more game in Dallas. I think we leave on Friday to head out to Dallas. And then when we come back, it is all Broncos. All of the insiders that we gave the summer off to, all the people that you count on in this time slot, the best insiders in all of Sports Talk Radio with the Raiders will be back joining me again. And we're going to have about a 10-day lead-up to the Denver Broncos at Mile High, which is a really important game. You want to get through 702-365-9200 as I want your analysis still of the last game. And a lot of it's Aiden O'Connell, but the defensive side, some of the position battles. And who, who's going to be the last group of defensive tackles and cornerbacks that have to shine in this last game? Or maybe running backs to have an opportunity to make the 53-man roster as it gets cut down from 90. Uh, that rant was brought to you by the 872 Laborers. They're on board with us again this year. Tommy White and his team building everything in Vegas. But don't forget, they built the Legion Stadium on time and on budget. And now Allegiant Stadium will host the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a Super Bowl year for us, too, here in Vegas, which is going to make things even more exciting. As we continue on the flagship of the Silver and Black, JT, this is Raider Nation Radio. Horstead in at tight end. Sincere McCormick in the backfield. O'Connell looking for a deep shot down the middle of the field. It is caught at the 15-yard line. Cole, great reception over the middle. That was Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker over the middle. 
caught that play, EA, and again, he was open deep. Got to get Trey Tucker going. He's the type of player, if he gets going, he could stretch the field. We're talking about having another speed demon with Dorsett to stretch the field. For those worried about Jimmy G getting the ball out, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think Jimmy G can throw a 50-yard ball in the air, 55-yard ball in the air. Can he throw an 80-yarder in the air? Probably not. But Jimmy G can make every throw down there. JT, back with you as we continue on. I want to thank our buddies at Michael E. Minden, the diamond jeweler here in town. It's fantastic when I have people in town and they're out for special occasions. You wouldn't believe how many people come out here to get married, come out here for an anniversary party, and I always say, do you have anything? What do you mean? Do you have a gift? Go to Michael E. Minden. Second floor right there, Fashion Show Mall. You can go in there quickly. Tell them JT sent you. They've been our diamond jewelers for a long time there. My go-to guy. He'll get you set up, and there's always a reason to buy a diamond or a graduation gift or an anniversary gift, whatever it is, for that person you care about so much, Michael E. Minden or Diamond Jewelers. So Aiden O'Connell, it looks like uh, Aiden O'Connell is getting a lot of the media coverage today from around the league, and that's good because of his passer rating, which is very high for two preseason games. Has he been perfect? No, it was really a cool discussion that we had in the production meeting with Josh McDaniels on his growth and what he wants out of him. One bad read in a game. One bad, you know, come out of a pass play, run it to the wrong side, not give the proper protection, could be the difference in a win or a loss. You know, Rich Gannon, and I'll keep that conversation private, but Rich Gannon made an interesting point. He talked about his years with the Vikings, and he talked about a play that he'll never forget in his life. They were in a bang-bang game that came down to the final score they lost. But they lost because his team, the Vikings, kicked a field goal instead of getting a touchdown. And the reason why it was such a good story is he missed the running back. He threw behind him about half a foot, and the running back caught it behind him instead of catching it out in front of him for the first down. If he would have hit him perfectly, it would have been a first down, another opportunity in the red zone where they could have won the game. He said one pass like that can affect a win and a loss. That's what Aiden O'Connell's trying to learn in the preseason. He can't be perfect. He's not going to be perfect. But he's getting better and better and better. And where do you have him in the competition for the number two with Brian Hoyer? I don't think anybody's going to call me and care. I don't think anybody's calling me saying Brian Hoyer needs to be the two. Brian Hoyer's a very good backup quarterback in this system. And I'm going to be pounding this point forward going forward because forget about Aiden O'Connell. He's he's younger. He's got better arm talent than Brian Hoyer. No one's debating that. But Hoyer in this system is much more knowledgeable than Aiden O'Connell. And I'm hoping that Raider fans can understand that. So who cares if Aiden O'Connell starts as the number three or the number two? Well, Raider Nation does. They want to see him if he can get in play. But if the Raiders need Hoyer early in this season in a critical point in the game, believe me, he'll come off the sidelines with a lot more experience, experience than Aiden O'Connell. But I think Raider Nation, to a man and a woman, wants to see Aiden O'Connell play if he gets a chance. 702-365-9200. I haven't looked out the window. This storm was a scam. I hope it remains that way. Look, there could always be more rain coming. I don't know about, but would you rank this, Bobby, in your lifetime here? And you've been here as long as I have. We've been here around the same time. Is this the most overhyped storm you've ever seen? Because this is the first ever tropical storm ever to come over to the state of Nevada. Ever. Not that not dating back to nineteen thirty eight. I'm talking before that. Are you buying into the rain hype? Oh hell no. 
Come on, you and I are, <laughs> dude, you and I are East Coast guys. We've yeah. had our share of hurricanes. That was mediocre at best. It was a light yeah. rain for about two days. I, le- I left the East Coast solely because of rain. No other reason. Not a job. I was a stockbroker back East, stockbroker here. I miss my family terribly. I could not live in the rain anymore the majority of my life. It rained most of my life. College in Geneseo, even in New York, it rained when it wasn't supposed to rain. Now, for me in my life, it never rains. It barely ever rains. Oh, I know. Back in Boston, it rained three times a week. I'm used to that. You know, I got to tell you, though, after getting beaten down by 110 degrees for like three or four weeks... I will take that rain, man. It felt real good yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not a rain guy. It was embedded in me. Like my wife, when there's a beautiful rain, she'll want to go in the backyard and sit out and listen to the rain and all that. It's not me. You know, throw on Sports Center. Give me something on Netflix. I'm not a rain guy, man. And man, did they hype the rain coming here? 702-365-9200. And congrats to Henderson Little League as they are still around. Henderson Little League is still there. So we'll be able to talk about them. I believe they play tomorrow here. I don't know exactly what time that's going to be, but I want to see them continue to win. Bryce Harper was there talking about Henderson and their ability to continue to win. Nice job by Bryce Harper in Philadelphia. They were playing in that Little League Sunday night baseball game, and he was able to go watch Henderson Little League play. I thought that was really cool for the youngsters. Greg in Vegas. Greg, thanks for waiting. You're up next. Hi, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I've actually met you a couple of times. I worked at the Raider Image oh, the headquarters there. And uh, I can remember yes. a couple of couple of weeks before the draft, I was chatting with you one night at an event. You were there. And mm-hmm. I mentioned to you, I thought that the Raiders should wait till that third or fourth round to pick up a quarterback, hoping they wouldn't be tempted to go for one of these phonies that ended up getting taken in the first round. And thank God they did, because I think they definitely landed the jewel of the draft in O'Connell. Um, and just to add a quick aside to that, uh, I, I also met Matt Millen at the headquarters store one day. Mm-hmm. Had, happened to have my book of Super Bowl patches with me that day, and he walked in, and we started talking about Super Bowls. And I asked him, I said, Matt, I said, you got four rings, man. I said, how come you're not in the Hall of Fame? And he gave me a classic Matt Millen answer. He said, well, I don't know. I guess I just pissed off the right people. <laughs> you know, that's a really good <laughs> and, point. Matt was a valuable player with the Niners. In the Redskins when they won, and the Raiders for two. So you could talk about Matt Millen as a Hall of Famer. I think that's a really good discussion line, and he doesn't care about that. He cares about building tables, cabinetry, woodwork in the mill that he has there. He's such a good guy. He is, and I, like I said, I had a book of every Super Bowl pass in, mm. since the first one, right? And each page had a history of the t- the game and the players, and he went through it to the to the games he had played in. I said, oh, yeah, this guy was my roommate that weekend at the Super Bowl or whatever, you know, was telling me all these great stories about all these old players. So you're right. He is uh, truly one of the great storytellers and Raider alumni history. Well, thank you, my friend, and thanks a lot for checking in. Really appreciate that. Anybody who works at the Raider Image is a friend of ours. Appreciate you calling in and continue to do that more and more. That's good insight. Thanks so much. Matt Millen's a good man. Very happy to know him. We went out to lunch. We were going to lunch and had a great time going to lunch in Manhattan Beach. And I, I took a video following him. I didn't share that to anybody. It was just for me. And Matt Millen lived in L.A., in Manhattan Beach. And Matt doesn't like the beach. Matt does not like the ocean and the beach. I go, how'd you live here, Matt? Oh, my wife and kids. And Matt's famous in Raider history for feeding players. Matt didn't party, didn't drink. Think about that. He played with a lot of partiers, a lot of guys who drank and participated, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. 
And Matt was the guy that when a player got light, so a player was losing weight, because back then they didn't eat. You know, they had two-a-day practices, and they didn't have the meal room that the Raiders have now. And then after practice, they'd go drink. So they'd go to the bar, and they'd drink, and then they'd maybe have a burger. And he said, all of a sudden, guys are light, 5, 10 pounds. They're just drinking and eating burgers. They're not eating the way these athletes are eating today. So Matt would find a player or two that was losing weight, and he'd insist that he come home for dinner. And Matt's wife would cook dinner. And he didn't have 10 guys. He'd just pick two or three. And he had one rule. The rule about the meal was be on time, because that's John Madden, be on time, and as soon as you're done eating, leave. Because he said then his kids had to eat next. So I like, explain that to me, Matt. He goes, yeah, it was pretty simple. You're invited over to eat. Some guys came three nights a week. They sat at the table. His wife cooked for them. The minute they were done eating, they were told to leave. This wasn't, hey, let's sit around and have cigars and drink. No, Matt had a family. He had kids. So he's going to feed you. Gonna make a big pot of stew, gonna make burgers, whatever it is, when you're done. Can you imagine what that was like? He saw that vision with his teammates. And he told me the same story with Montana and Steve Young. <laughs> Montana and Steve Young, and then with the Redskins and Joe Gibbs. The impression that Matt Millens had in football is just wild. Absolutely wild how many people he touched along the way. All right, let's get to Jorge. Is that in San Jose? Thanks for calling the show. Appreciate you listening. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed listening to you, to Kennedy, to everybody on the broadcast. Thank you. And, you know, just I want to say if you do uh, happen to hear another pick six from the Raiders against Dallas, uh, another Raider Nation Unite <laughs> really got me fired up. But, um, hey, I just wanted to talk about I know that we have one more preseason game, but. Leading up to the Broncos game, I know you don't really talk about, you know, fourth string, third string cornerbacks, but this cornerback room, I, I really feel like yeah. is, is still pretty thin. And I would love to see more interceptions during the first two games of the preseason just to get these guys familiar with mm-hmm. catching the football. And I just... I'm, I'm nervous because last year, you know, we we're still um, really lean on that position. And I feel like um, we're going to have to score a lot of points to to be able to stay in games. I don't think that it's going to be the same scenario where mm-hmm. we're giving up these leads, but I think the Raiders' offense is really going to have to compensate uh, on the point side and be aggressive because I I would be you know mm-hmm. concerned if we were to be leaving uh, the game on the line mm-hmm. for a cornerback. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I just Appreciate I want it. to. That. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Look, if Marcus Peters, who's been a hell of a player in this league, is starting, and opposite him is a rookie in Jacorian Bennett, you better believe there better be depth at the cornerback position because Bennett's never played in the NFL, and Peters has had a hell of a career, but we got to see how much he has left in the tank. Lights out 10. Sean Merriman, kind enough to join us. He's got another big fight, which will be live on Fubo Sports, and we get a chance to talk about it. Sean, good to talk to you again, and congratulations. Lights out 10 as time flies. Yeah, man, it's flying. We uh, we got a huge fight in San Diego. It's pretty cool for me, mm. man. It's the first fight in San Diego with Lights Out Extreme fighting. Uh, you guys can get your tickets at lightsoutxf.com if you're going to be in San Diego next mm. weekend, August 26th at Casino Palma. Uh, all information and tickets will be on lightsoutxf.com. And then we'll be live on Fubo, Fubo TV, Fubo Sports, man. It was pretty cool. We just 
moved into the top five most watched on football sports our last fight we had. So I, I thought that was pretty cool of us. Uh, tell us about the fighters here because there's a lot of our listeners that love boxing. They gravitate to UFC. They've seen your Lights Out promotions before in Vegas and around the West here. Tell us about the fighters. What's at stake, their backstories, where they are in their careers, and how important a win would be here for the, to further their career. Yeah, you know, for us, it's very important when we come to town, man, to try to get as many local fighters as possible. There's a lot of great jams in San Diego. Um, I would say 80% of this card are local fighters. We have um, also, too, Jared Bandera um, is fighting um, Chuck Campbell. You know, Jared's a, a, a UFC vet, uh, had several fights in the UFC and been around for, for some time now. Uh, obviously, these guys are, are trying to keep working so they can possibly get back into the UFC or fight. So, uh, it's, it's also cool because we have amateurs, man. We have amateurs in the car that's going to be turning pro with us. And so I think that's a, a very big deal. Um, and, yeah, if you're in San Diego, down in the area, man, come check us out at Casino Palma next Saturday. Get your tickets at lightoutxf.com. If you can't make it, definitely check us out on Football TV, Football Sports. Uh, Sean Merriman's our guest. Sean, this time of year, I just got back from L.A. with the Raiders. They played the Rams, and they decided to play some starters. The Rams did, and Aaron Donald's unbelievable. It was great to be at practice to see Max Crosby, Aaron Donald. Those joint practices or something. What was it like for you, a perennial starter in this league? You knew you were going to have a hat on. Your helmet was going to be off. You weren't going to playing the games but you really wanted those practices to get ready so you were flying around lights out for week one you know to be quite honest um as always i don't think that the four preseason games were necessary i never mm. i never believed four preseason games were necessary um preseason is a dress rehearsal for the young guys that's mm-hmm. that young young guys young coaches new coaching staff right um special teams to get on on and off the field change of possession from offense to defense you know, you got guys that are um, kind of sitting on the sideline, not listening to the coach, and, we just, and someone's got an interception or a forced fumble, and they got to run on the field. They're not paying attention. So those, those things are important for preseason. But once you get past your third, fourth, fifth year, man, you just want to get to the season. You're, mm-hmm. you're tired of seeing the same guys fighting with your teammates every day, seeing them in the lunchroom every day, in the film room. Like, you just you, you want to get out of that mode to go compete against someone else. You are the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's a hell of a trophy and a high honor, along with your Pro Bowls. You led the NFL in sacks in 2006. You're a prime example of a guy who was ready in the offseason. So from 2005 through 2012, at the end with Buffalo, conditioning was never an issue for you. Now it seems like the league is caught up to your vision. A lot of the young players now have trainers year-round. What was it like for you? You were one of those guys in your era that was never out of shape. Well, I did it because I was a meathead. They're doing it because they're getting paid a whole lot more than we did. So, you know, it was a different mentality, man. I just I just enjoy working out. Um, you know, I love the off-season programs, get a chance to go and, and work, on, work on moves and get in the gym and do that. But I think the money's so great now mm-hmm. and so big now that guys are taking more pride in the off-season. They're not using training camp to get in shape. You know, guys are coming ready for minicamp and OTAs already in, in, in season shape, you know, because they got their trainers back home or wherever they're traveling to. The game has changed, man, and I think um, you know, it's changed for the, for, the, for the better. Well, Sean, finally, before we get back to the fight, when you look at your career, without tackling in the offseason, I know your practices were tougher back in the day than they are now, but how did you know when your body was right to go sideline to sideline, sack and tackle at midseason form when you were coming early into the season if you didn't play much in those last preseason games? You know, I tell you, the first week of training camp is hell. Right? Yeah. Because you think you're in shape, you're, you're physically fit, you're ready to go. 
But the little things, man, your ankles, your uh, shoulder, uh, a hip, a calf, um, you know, just the little things because you're just not used to doing football moves, right? The quarterback goes out of the pocket, changing directions really fast, you know, coming under a tackler real quick and having to change directions and getting under him. Those moves you can't, you can't imitate during the offseason. I don't care what, what type mm-hmm. of shape you're in. So you got to get in football shape. Uh, but for the most part, man, that it comes after that first week of your, your body, your, your groins, your hamstrings, your quads. Everything gets used to that fast twitch movement. And then it's it's pretty easy after after the second week, but that first week, man, I, I tell you, every day, every year of my career, I thought about retiring. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, man, I got it. This is it. I'm done after this year. <laughs> this is it. Uh, because the first the first week of that training camp was always rough. Uh, finally, let's wrap up the fight again. Tell us about it. How to get tickets? Where to watch? The type of fighters that are going to be here? And again, when we look at Lights Out Ten, you really got this thing cruising. I expect you to have fights all the time. I appreciate you coming to us to promote it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And then, yeah, next next weekend in San Diego at Casino Palma, Lights Out Extreme Fighting Ten. We got a big card. Um, a lot of former UFC guys is trying to make their way back. A lot of up and coming stars. Some amateurs is going to be turning pro with it. These are the next up and coming superstars. So if you can't, if you can make it, go to lightsoutxf.com. Get your tickets there. Um, also, you can get twenty percent off any Fanatics purchase with a ticket uh, bought by on lightsoutxf.com. If you can't make it. Check us out on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports, man. We we are um, we're happy that we moved into you know the top ten most watched. They got a bunch of great programs on there, but you know I'm great. Um, I'm happy to be one of the one of the best on there. So I appreciate you guys. Take care, Sean. Thanks a lot for coming on. All the best. Continued success. You got it. Thank All you, right. Sean Merriman, who's a promoter. A lot a lot of accomplishments. He's a fitness guy, workout guy, apparel guy. He's a promoter with the fights. And um, his guys reached out to me because they know we have an audience that goes all the way to San Diego, up to L.A., everybody who is streaming here. We really want to appreciate that. And, Bobby, I just wanted to mention this because we got a meeting here after the show. We're a two-hour radio show in one market in Las Vegas. As of today, heading into the season, we have the Black Hole, Modelo, Remy Martin, the Castaverde Law Group, the 872 Laborers, M Resort, Boyd Gaming, Resorts World, PTs, Grimaldi's, Minden Diamond Jewelers, Meetup, Raisin Canes, and a monster tequila announcement. Monster. I'm not talking small. Our, our clients are all treated the same. Everybody's the same. Some are bigger financially than others, and we all treat them the same. Anybody who's a partner of ours get treated the same way. We love them, and we thank them every day. What an announcement we have coming for tequila. And, I, you know, when we closed this deal, it was pretty easy because the group we're going to be doing business with knows the Raider Nation likes tequila. So that wasn't hard. Raider Nation loves tequila. So we'll make that announcement here coming up as we uh, get out of August into football season. Raider Row in San Diego where Sean Merriman just called in from. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Hope you're doing well. You too. I was in uh, Universal Studios this weekend with my kids uh, listening to you on the AirPods, and you did a great job. Thank you. I loved what I saw from our youngsters. Uh, you know, I would just say about our quarterbacks, um, you know, who, who knows if uh, Brian Horner had a bad execution or a bad decision, but overall I feel great about the quarterback room. Let's just have uh, AOC keep bringing what he's doing and let the chips fall where they may. I do like that uh, Jimmy looked good, and I would say we sit him. 
and look forward to game one of the regular season. So you would sit, uh, Jimmy. I would sit, Jimmy. I don't need to see Jimmy on a yeah. poster or a, you know the women swooning in Summerlin for Jimmy G to come out to Summerlin for an appearance. And I'm good. We saw him play a series. I'm fine. Don't need to see him yeah. again. Maybe, maybe we do for one more series to get that rhythm in again, but I don't have to see it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you play mostly the, the second and third stringers. Let them battle it out. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of guys on the bubble. This is your last chance to make a big play. You might make a difference. Um, and I think, you know, again, our youngsters are looking really good. I feel great about the draft class and overall what Josh and uh, Ziegler are doing. So I just wanted to mention, we got home from Universe Studios. Mm-hmm. I have four kids, 2 to 11, mm-hmm. and we had to figure out with my wife, hey, when are we coming back to San Diego? We got here to find our uh, kind of unfinished basement starting to flood. We had some bad drainage issue and uh, I had to run to local store, get a pump and pump water. out. So I had an all night ordeal at that, but I hope that uh, most people, you know, it was just a, a storm that, that passed by. And I think the reaction was probably based mm-hmm. on what happened in Maui recently and people just wanted to be safe. So yeah. hopefully everybody's safe out there. And for those that had to deal with anything, uh, God bless you, and hope you made it through. Thank Hilarious. you. Appreciate it. You know, don't take weather lightly because for some person, a basement flooding could be a big deal financially. You don't have the right insurance. Next thing you know, you're buried behind your mortgage payments. It's very serious, no doubt about it. And But this was not what everybody expected it to be. When we were out in Manhattan Beach, the Raiders stayed up north. They stayed in the valley, and then they came to Manhattan Beach Friday where we were since Wednesday. And I was sitting outside. Tom Looney, my podcast partner, came with me. And we were sitting outside on these chairs and looking up at the sky. And the weather was gorgeous. And everybody was talking about this storm. Everybody, the valet. I'm like, what are they worried about, man? It's blue skies. But they knew what was coming. You could see it from Cabo. It was coming. But it wasn't what we expected. Come on. And for the weather to come on every storm watch where it showed this Hillary storm, it had this, it went from a hurricane to a tropical storm, and all the models had it going to Vegas. So I thought that we were going to get buried with rain at least. We didn't get buried at all. And I'm just happy that he mentioned Hawaii because I don't know if you got a chance. I hope you got a chance to see that the Raiders came out for pregame warm-up wearing those Hawaii Ninth Island shirts, and that was very important at the time. And we talked about it a lot on the pregame show and how you can get involved and help out along the way. So I'm looking right now at Raiders.com, and they got a lot of links on how you can help those who are trying to get through this very difficult time in Hawaii. And if you go to Raider Image, I've been saying when it comes to the Red Cross, where do, where do you make a donation when there's a catastrophe? Normally I go to the Red Cross. Now you can go to your favorite sports team. Your fa- the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Raiders, they all have links, and they're all connected. So you can do via your team. And go in there and try to find a way to get involved that way and help out. And if you can buy a shirt and you know all the proceeds go, all the proceeds end up going to a great cause, do that. And the Raiders really do a nice job with that. The Raiders care. With all the criticism that Raider fans get and the Raider organization gets from the people on the outside, when it comes to the Raiders on the inside, I don't have to tell you this about Mark Davis, Mrs. Davis, Al Davis before that. All Raider fans understand the passion that the Raiders have for others and how the Raiders want to help other people out when they can. The amount of checks that Mark Davis writes that you don't know about and I don't know about is amazing because he likes to do that. That's what he does. That's the way he grew up. So, again, does Mark Davis want to win more than anybody? Wants to win more than anybody. But also he wants to help other people, and that's always been the case with Mark. 
And I'm not just saying that. It's very important this time that I make that connection with you so you understand that the Raiders want to help others. And you could do that as a Raider fan, and please do. They need your help in Maui. I got a buddy of mine who lives about 30 miles south of the fires in a, the resort area called Kihei. So he's got a good problem to have. He's got a very nice property I just stayed at on the beach. It's gorgeous. But he needs to rent it out. You, know, you can't have it empty. And no one's going to Maui. And people on Maui are trying to tell everybody, Maui is open. Lahaina and Front Street has been eviscerated. They'll rebuild. But the rest of Maui is open. So if you've never been to Maui, you can fly to Maui now on a discounted price, stay in an unbelievable resort or somewhere there, put your money into that economy, help the people that are there. Because if you don't go, if you're not able to go there even for a long weekend, because back east, people won't go. It's too far. It's too long of a flight. But everybody in San Diego, Los Angeles, Vegas, San Francisco who's listening, if you want to put a quick Maui trip together, you can go there pretty cheap, stay at a discounted rate, put your money into the island, the airport's open, and a lot of it's going to be empty because people are going to read the headlines and say Maui is closed. No, Lahaina is closed. Kanapali's open. Kihei's open. The other side of the island, and those locals need the business. They got restaurants, hotels, motels. There's a surfing community there. There's agriculture. They, there's tourism, number one. So think of that there. I know other people have other priorities, but I'm really, I got a heavy heart with the people of Maui. I go there often. The best, best people, so hospitable, and now maybe you get a chance to go and you weren't thinking about it because you want to help and put your money into that economy. We'll wrap it up on the other side, and then we'll have a pretty good day. I'm on the radio tonight and tomorrow night, 4 to 7 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. That's Sirius XM 82, 4 to 7 p.m. tonight. DeAndre Carter is back at his own 18-yard line as the Rams are looking to punt here on fourth and four. Ball on their own 27. Short kick. DeAndre Carter at about the 19. He's going to take it and go right. Hesitates and tries to get up. He's got a clear lane down the sideline. Is he still in? He is still in. They're saying he's out of bounds. The ref is calling him. He was home free, EA. You were standing up. You were ready to get up. Yeah, that was EA. EA, Eric Allen, he stood up next to me. We thought DeAndre took it to the house, just stepped out of bounds there. And that's another thing I want to share with you. Big topic. Big topic was Josh McDaniels wanting more out of special teams. He wanted to see the special teams units be more physical. You know, everybody do their job a little bit better from what they saw on the tape in the first game compared to the second game, and I thought we saw that. So that's what he's demanding. This, This is a coach who seriously is demanding that he gets more out of everybody on every play. How about this for a line? How are you going to make your team how are you going to make his team as a receiver and or a linebacker if you can't make a special teams unit? I almost fell out of the chair when I heard that because that makes a lot of sense to me. You better play your ass off on special teams if that's your only way to make the team. Forget about thinking you're going to be a linebacker, you're going to be a corner. You better prove you can stay on his special teams unit if you want to be able to be available on Sunday and play in the game. Very important point going forward with the style of Josh McDaniel's coaching philosophy. Raider Dave, good to hear from you in Denver. Thanks for calling in. What's happening? 
Hey, you got it, man. It's starting to look like a well-oiled mm-hmm. machine, and I think coating these players with a thin, warm oil coating is is helping the conductivity and the connectivity of these players to form themselves into a team. And it's the winning attitude that is really coming out. And I think that that is what I want to roll into about the one guy that I would like to see play a couple of plays, and that's the fullback, Johnson. I want to see him pancake some of those great linebackers they're going to have on the field in Dallas. That's going to set the attitude. That's mm-hmm. going to get us forward. The special teams play has been fantastic. He blew out of there like a cannon. You just have the Carter you know, replay right there. It is exciting to see what can happen with Tucker and mm-hmm. Dorsett and the speed on this team. I can't wait to get them in to Denver and just blow that team apart. I think it's going to be 16-13 Raiders without Josh Jacobs, but I do think he's back in in time to make this a 27-17 win with Josh Jacobs, and I believe it will happen. You mark it. Well, thank you. Uh, look, I would hope that we saw more guys. The tackling is very important to me. Just from Matt Millen to Phil Villapiano, who I talked to at Alumni Weekend, you got to tackle in the offseason. You know, if you're bagging groceries, which is a great job, you don't have to bag in the offseason on your day off. You play football, you got to tackle someone in the offseason. You can lift all the weights you can. Can you wrap and tackle and bury someone in the ground? If you don't play in the preseason and you're playing just your teammates and you have a couple of days where you're kind of in pads but you're not bringing guys to the ground, that's why it was nice to see the dual practices against the 49ers and the Rams. And Aaron Donald played one of those games. Another thing I wanted to share via my Twitter at JT the Brick, when we left the game, so the game ended, everybody was worried about the weather, 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 it could rain. So we got out of there pretty quick. So I came down the elevator to the Raider locker room. I grabbed my suitcase, and we're leaving, and I come out of the locker room, and Max Crosby's behind me. And he's got the big headset on, you know, the headset, big one with the music. He's got the chains. He's got a lot of chains now, Max. He wears shorts when he travels, which is pretty cool. And he's behind me, and I'm waiting to catch, you know, maybe he'll catch up to me. We'll have a quick conversation. No, he goes right to the fans. So there's a line of players going to the bus. To go do the TSA pre, you do it at the stadium, you get a meal, take a meal on the uh, bus if you want. And Max, of course, goes right over to the fans, and the fans were freaking out. Here comes Max, and there's the lower suites where the fans were, Raider fans all over the place. Signing autographs, signing autographs. I tweeted out the video at JT the Brick if you want to see. And then after Max tried to make as many people happy as he could, then he kind of caught up to us and got on the bus. Happy, excited, and he played a little bit. Jimmy played a little bit with Devontae a play. We saw a couple of guys get out there and break a sweat. And they all broke a sweat in warm-ups, even the ones who didn't play. Don't know what's going to happen in Dallas, but Dallas will be a business trip for the last few players that are dying to make this roster and maybe one more highlight tackle, interception, reception on the sidelines could be the difference. We'll see. It's hard to watch these guys live their dream and come up short. It's hard. They have families. They have parents watching. It's living. Uh, they're living and dying by every play, and we're going to see that again in Dallas. How about the Raiders played at SoFi, Dallas, and Allegiant Stadium, three of the best venues in all of football. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together, Sean Merriman. Uh, big shows tomorrow. Got the double tonight and tomorrow night, 4 to 7 on Sirius XM. Q's coming up next. He's got a big show. He was tremendous on the pre- and post-game. I'll see you back here tomorrow, everybody. Thank you.